Hey you guys, welcome back to another episode. It's Kier here, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about one of the biggest struggles that most of my petite clients deal with and 10 ways to prevent it from happening to you. But first, I have a major confession. I feel like I'm the world's biggest stress eater too. I freaking love food, and it's just so comforting sometimes. There have been times in my life where... I've been so stressed out that I find myself spoon deep into the peanut butter jar at 2 a.m. Or there have been other times where I've come home for, from work and I wasn't even hungry, but I couldn't stop eating popcorn or chips until the bag was empty. There's also been times where I've had such anxiety over choosing a healthy meal while going out to eat. And then I end up choosing something that didn't fill or really satisfy me. And then I come home and eat my heart out in private when that was what I was trying to avoid the whole time. And there have been times where I've been stuck at home and bored, contemplating what the fuck to do with my life. And all I can honestly think about is like the cookies and the ice cream hanging out in the kitchen. And I know how common these feelings are because I hear it from most of my clients. So if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh my God, that is so me, you are not alone. You are not alone at all, okay? Even the people who seem to know what they're talking about the most, they deal with it too. So finding comfort in food during stressful times is a very, very, very normal thing. But we all know that overeating regularly can also negatively affect your health and your waistline, etc., etc. So I want to give you 10 ways to prevent stress eating, especially now with the COVID pandemic and the protests and the murder hornets and everything going on in 2020 that is just wrong and stressing us the hell out. So first and foremost, the first thing to do is to identify the problem or the issue or the source of anxiety. So you have to understand why it's happening in the first place. And I found that there are two major sources that trigger stress eating for me as of late. So A is watching or reading the news. (laughs) So between the pandemic, the protests, the election, there's a whole bunch of crap out there that just gives me anxiety. And B is idle time during the workday. If I ever find myself in a okay, so what should I do next space? I am more likely to take a leisurely trip into the pantry, even though I might have just eaten an hour ago. And that's how I know I'm not truly eating for nourishment. That's just me eating from stress and boredom. So so sometimes finding the source of your stress isn't exactly clear and just like so apparent. So it might be helpful to keep a journal of the times that you've been finding yourself stressed. So those are two ways that I can kind of get around or solve the problem. So what you need to do is find the source of stress for you and then find ways to alleviate some of that stress. Stress eating and see if there's a pattern. Is it every time you check your bank account? Is it when your kids get sick? Is it when you work out too hard? Stress comes in so many forms and none of them are wrong. It just is a matter of finding out what it is, where it's coming from. So the second thing to do is either solve the problem or if you can't solve the problem, you have to either avoid the issue or somehow get around it. This is obviously the harder part, right? Identifying it's easier than actually going forth and doing something about it. 
But if I go back to my examples from before, obviously I cannot solve the pandemic or the world's problems right now on my own, right? It's not like I can just post something on the internet and everything's good and gravy tomorrow. Not going to happen. But what I can do is avoid that information before it puts me in a bad mood, right? So instead of scrolling on me Instagram or Facebook and looking at all the news articles or everything that everyone's posting about everything, right? Now, instead, I I stopped following those accounts that make me feel a certain way. And I haven't been using social media as much. And if I do, I try not to scroll. So as far as the idle time during the day goes for me, I can simply solve that problem by creating a checklist of things to do for that day or blocking out time in my schedule um, or my calendar to complete certain tasks so I'm not just sitting around and letting my mind travel to food. So the third thing you can do is remove temptation. My boyfriend loves to leave bread and cookies and things like that on the counter and he's really, really good about not overindulging in those things, right? It's like some people can have that all over their house and not eat it, but not me. I like if I have just one look at those things, it's all I want to eat for the rest of the day. So for example, there was a cookie and a half sitting on the counter at the beginning of this week and I saw it and I saw it when I got my coffee in the morning, right? And I wanted it. And then I saw it before I went for a run and I wanted it. I saw it after my workout as I was fixing myself some protein pancakes and I still wanted it. And I had to remind myself three times not to open the freaking bag and get my hand in there. So after that, I had a nice little talk with my boyfriend and asked him nicely to put those away or high up so I couldn't see them and I wouldn't eat them. And just by getting them out of sight, it's really all I need to stop thinking about it. And sometimes, sometimes putting it out of sight isn't enough. And sometimes I do need to do like a little kitchen clean out where I remove everything that would throw me off track. And if that's what it takes for you to succeed, then just fucking do it. And to be clear, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a tasty treat occasionally, even when you're not necessarily hungry. However, overindulging too often can harm both your physical and mental health. So we don't want to do all of that. This episode is brought to you by my fun size crop tops. Having apparel is something I've always dreamed about having for my brand. And now they are finally here and available for purchase. The tops are super soft and high quality material and not made with that iron on crap that falls off in the wash. I have gotten so many amazing compliments when I wear mine, even just to the grocery store. And I make them custom to order, so just head on over to my Instagram to check them out. Choose your saying and your shirt size and place your order by sending me a message on Instagram at funsize.nutrition or email me kirstensafelli at gmail.com. Number four is to stay hydrated and well-fed. So sometimes our bodies feel stressed when they aren't getting enough food and water, which triggers an emotional response towards food. So if we give our bodies what we need, like food and water, our bodies will be happy and therefore not trigger that stress eating response. There wasn't an external factor that was causing mental stress, 
but my physiological body was stressed. So eating and drinking enough water will actually keep your body content and not. My biggest example for this is my HA experience. If you haven't heard anything about that, if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to me, I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Um, The first one is uh, episode 14, I believe. Anyway, so um, if you have followed that journey, you know that my body was super stressed from the overtraining and undereating that I was doing for competitions and stuff like that. Um, and I never actually gave my body that recovery period. And so because I was, my body was super stressed from the overtraining and undereating, my hypothalamus stopped communicating with my ovaries to ovulate, and therefore I wasn't getting a period. So for me, it always feels good to lift heavy and get my frustrations out on the weights. On the flip side, just as I was saying before, exercising too much can put too much stress on the body, so make sure you're not overdoing it either. Stimulate that stress eating response. Number five is to be active. So we know that working out and moving is a huge stress relief and it's an excellent outlet. Number six is to plan ahead. If you know you're stressed out, and if you know that when you're stressed out, you typically crave something, why not plan to have a portion of that something so that you satisfy your craving while not overdoing it? I know this is much easier said than done, but it's definitely possible. The way I do this is by counting macros and making whatever it is that I know I'm going to want to fit my macros for that day. For example, I almost always want chocolate when I'm PMSing. Instead of restricting it super hard and then binging on all the chocolate ice cream in the world, this also goes for mealtimes too. I know that when I'm stressed out, I tend to want to have more snacks rather than when I'm just normally doing stuff, I have three large meals. So instead of making myself fit into those four meals a day when I'm stressing over shit, instead I'll plan to have more frequent meals, maybe five or six meals a day, because otherwise I'm probably going to fall off track anyway. So I guess in a sense, number seven would be to know who you are and know your patterns, because I know some of my clients who don't eat when they are stressed out. And that means they shouldn't plan more frequent meals, but instead larger and less frequent meals. So it all depends on who you are and what your patterns are. What I do is I plan to have a square of dark chocolate at night after dinner so that I satisfy that craving without overdoing it. Number eight is to be mindful of alcohol intake. So I'm not a big drinker anymore. I used to be, but not so much anymore. But there are times where I just need something to take the edge off. And my boyfriend knows by now that something must be really fucking wrong if I pour myself a drink and we're not on vacation or celebrating something. And in those times, it's really easy to pour myself a second or a third. But what I find is that I'm more likely to overeat when I'm drinking as well. So not only do I get the empty calories from the drink, but then the extra calories for the things I might not have eaten that day if I were sober. So I'm not saying don't have the alcohol because sometimes it really is a good stress reliever. I'm saying limit yourself to only what will take the edge off and nothing more. So for most of us, that's one drink and that's it, okay? We still wanna kinda keep it on point. Number nine is to practice self-care. Do things that make you feel good. 
I love getting massages and that's not something I feel comfortable doing right now with all the COVID shit going on. So I have to find other outlets. So to replace the massage, I have been foam rolling a little bit more when I feel tight, but what I've honestly found to be the most helpful as of lately to ease my mind is reading. I've been reading a lot and I thoroughly enjoy it. I always loved reading as a kid. And then somewhere in college, just things stopped. I guess adult life hit me and it was time to just, you know, focus on doing all the things and reading slipped away from me. And now I've gotten back into it and I just thoroughly enjoy it, especially when I'm getting some sun and sipping on some sparkling water as well. Easy to do, right? How can you relax when it feels like the world is crashing down around you? I get it. But sometimes you just need to get out of your head and escape for a little while and then when you come back, it might be really all that you needed to face that bullshit head on again. I know that always works for me. That time away and be mindful of what you eat and what you consume after that one drink. And now I get that sometimes this isn't. Number 10 is to have accountability. Now I'm guessing that all of the things I just said are really no surprise to you. Everything makes sense, and deep down inside, you know these things are right. But knowing them and doing them are two different things. It's easy to forget them or ignore them in the heat of it all, and you look back and you're like, damn it, I should have done XYZ. But the difference between knowing it and doing it is having that accountability and support. And I see this from my clients all the time. Most of us know exactly what we should be doing, but we don't always do it until either someone is watching over us, is a reset button, and then I'm back to it. Watching over our every move or we're paying for it. And that's why it's so easy to eat in private when you're stressed out. It's because nobody's watching. But once somebody's watching, it all changes and you hold yourself to a higher standard. So whether you have a coach, a therapist, or a real friend who's not gonna let you get away with your bullshit to be there for you, I suggest you have someone or something holding you accountable because I'm gonna give you a little bit of tough love here. Getting help isn't a bad thing, and I've struggled with this for a long time too, but every time I get help, it's always worth it. And to be honest with you guys, I had this idea for this podcast for a long time and I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because I was like, all of these things are so simple, right? They're just, they're no brainers and we should all know this and we probably all do know this, but the only way to change those bad habits is to actually have the accountability. Like knowledge is great. But knowledge isn't enough for change unless we have something holding us accountable. So it is really like the biggest piece of this all. And so with that being said, getting over emotional eating, if you haven't figured it out on your own yet, you probably won't figure it out on your own. Is one of the very many things that I help my one-on-one petite clients do. And I'm not talking about the clinically diagnosed binge eating but the average everyday woman who is just sick of resorting to food when shit hits the fan. It lights me up, not only to see these clients slim down and build muscle, but to watch them strengthen their relationship with food, decrease negative self-talk, and learn to really listen to their bodies. So if you're under 5'3 and ready to get this whole eating under control, 
I'd love to help you get there in my fun-sized one-on-one coaching program. You can find all the details and the application form on my website, funsized.life, and feel free to message me on Instagram at funsized.nutrition at any time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If it resonates with you, please share it on your Instagram stories or with a friend who you think might benefit from it. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you in the next episode.